A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. To call a man transparent is to attack his soul, his very being. It can be received as the ultimate insult. Unless, that is, the man in question is actually, literally see-through. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Shanklin and his olive skin friend, Dave. It's a shambles, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be, it comes across all bit. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to our weekly episode of Flats and Shanks podcast, episode 5, Fumpf, Sank, um, I am Faith. Tom Shanklin. Faith, Start to think. I'm David Flatman. Uh, we are here at Gloucester Services, actually I've never been here before, um, I am going to go inside but it it looks like something from the Teletubbies for those of you who haven't been there, mm. um, like a eco-friendly service station. Mm, nice. It's the best services I'm going to say I've ever been to. Really? Yeah. Right, what have they got inside? Well, they got organic sausage rolls. They got farm shop. Grateful English. Actually, really good coffee. It's really clean. It's really pretty. It's really nicely laid out. It's actually everything's really high quality. It's extortionately expensive, but you don't mind because you feel reassured by it. Sold. Well done. Um, we're they here. Got, they got them northbound and southbound now as well. We have got a guest. Um, Sixty-seven times capped. Is that right? Correct. For Wales. Um, first got capped 2002, two, 2003? 2003. 2003. Shanks, have you not done your research? No, not at all. Not, mate. Shanks, you, you played with me in all of <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had a terror weekend. I've just really hung over today. So um, we'll try and skip through this as best we can. Um, <laughs> played for the Ospreys. Now he is forwards coach in Bristol. Probably the greatest name ever, John Thomas. Welcome. Skips, how are you? Yeah, Tom. very good. Very good. Nice why, to see you, Skipper. Why Skips? Uh, he, he was always like, uh, Tom was always the emotional Skipper of the, of the team for what? Wales. Was he? Like as in uh, entertainments Skipper. Oh, right. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. 
So uh, always like led the music, led the entertainments, nights out, all of that. He wasn't actually yeah. inspirational to the team. Uh, like in off the field. Oh, yeah. yeah, but not yeah. during the important bits, training or games. <laughs> no, just off the field. Um, John, <laughs> John's role, JT's role um, in Welsh camp for ten years was laundry. <laughs> the worst one ever. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, I was twenty, and me and Dwayne Peel as the youngsters were like, uh, "You get the worst job, laundry committee." But we didn't seem to get rid of it. For, no, we were there for about six years. Every on committee, it. yeah, it was every a killer. committee. What did yeah. you have to do? You had to literally wash everyone's kit. Yeah, or make sure no, everyone's no, kit we came just back. Facilitate, facilitate, like uh, you came really good friends with Dave, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the guys to come and pick up the laundry yeah. in a van. Did you? Yeah, moved in together in the end. They're on a WhatsApp group still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how are you? How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's an honour to be on on your show, boys. It's pretty. Um, I know you're probably expecting something low rent, but it is pretty high tech, isn't it? Uh, you know, Shanks sometimes uh, comes in his second car to so he doesn't show off, but because he was meeting you today and you got loads of caps, he's brought his Range Rover, and I brought it up as soon as I got here, and he said oh, I was thinking about not bringing it in case people get the wrong idea. But here we are, and it's brand new Range Rover, what I mate, and he's got some new kit. Look, he's got some new. We've got a new little That's podcast impressive. recorder. Hopefully, this will in, um, improve the sound. Um, you know, Flash is saying I'm coming in my car. He's coming in his third car. He's got right. three cars. Yeah, that one um, doesn't know what to do with it. He's trying to sell it, but at the moment, he just keeps the dogs in it. Just takes the dogs <laughs> out. You know, he's got car for the dogs. Anyway, how I'm the se- other half? Mate, it's a great setup. Yeah, it's thank great, you. It's I'm selling it this week. Thank yeah. you very much. Someone yeah. from uh, listening to the podcast. Well, I mentioned it on the pod a couple of months ago, and then I I took it away in the summer, so I couldn't sell it over the summer. I had a little dent in it that I got taken out. This bloke, I think, from listening to the pod, is going to come and buy it. And it's actually, I won't bother. Yeah. The numbers are crude, but I'm giving it to him at a really good deal. He's had it checked out by mates of his that are. A, car dealers and know the market so he's getting a good deal I, I guess he signed the door have a look he signed the door with a sharpie <laughs> um, anyone wants to buy a maxi cosy um, seat base for the car I'm selling one of them as well um, <laughs> bought the wrong and one I've got I? Some old, I remember uh, remember Matt Perry the fullback he um, did a testimonial year and one of his his tradition everyone's got like the clubs have all got traditions but in Bath if you're going to do a testimonial you have a curry night in the big there's an East, Eastern Eye curry house in Bath and you have a little raffle and that sort of stuff. And you not you don't really make any money. You give the charities a few hundred quid or whatever it is. So it's nice. And it's 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 one of those dinners that doesn't cost 200 quid a head or something, 100 yeah, quid a head so idea. people can actually come. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember going to one with Matt Perry and he was selling, it was like signed Lions jersey from one of his Lions trips. And it's like England jersey, most captain, the fullback of all time at that point. <laughs> then it was like Bath jersey, like 250 games for Bath. Like, wow. Then it's like training socks. What are they? They're just red socks. They're yeah. not even a brand. Then it was like that. It was it was like shorts from what year? Don't know. <laughs> Unbranded, just black shorts, pair of black shorts and a pair of red socks, but three quid each. Jeez, man. You met Matt Perry? I haven't. No, great no. lad, great on the social, but just has this mole growing on his nose. It's just getting bigger and bigger. He needs to get it cut off, doesn't he? He needs to go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off. Yeah, you just you know you just start staring at it and you're thinking, yeah, mm, I that is massive. Mate. I haven't actually I'm, noticed that. <laughs> I pick up everything. You do, don't you? Yeah, uh, but also. Pez used to cut his own hair, which is fine, except how he used to do it was to hold a disposable razor between his thumb and forefinger and just run it lightly across the top of his head and around the sides. Just drag it across because it would give it a trim. Wow. Good chat. Is, um, yeah. is that what do you two do? It's I would I would do that. Um it looked like he'd done it with a knife and fork, to be honest with you. No, uh, it, was real, just, it was real bad, JT. I use um clippers, mate. Do you? Yeah, just give it a nice yeah. Every uh, probably every two or three days, <laughs> charge myself five quid a pop. Cut yeah. me on air, second income. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> what about you? 
I don't do mine often enough because when it goes out even a tiny bit, I look like a geography teacher, but I'm lazy. <laughs> so I do it once. Yes, probably, it does. I should do. I should do it once every two or three days. I do it once every ten days because I'm not as vain as you. What's your hair looking like? You've got a beanie on at the moment. Oh, I had a, I had a trim. Oh, it's uh, actually all right. You still got a full head of hair. Yeah, you got, got a biscuit got, in the back. I've got the old. Uh, I'm, oh, re- I'm reseeding a bit. Yeah, golden arch. It'd be nice coming. to get a little top up there, but can't afford that. How's uh, how's life though? As long as you're on Twitter, you get it. It's free apparently. <laughs> how's how's life in oh, Bristol, mate? It's good. It's good. Obviously, uh, um, really enjoy coaching. Because you've been I mean, promoted, haven't you? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so. I guess so. No, it's been. Um, Don't be humble, mate. Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, like I think um, just firstly being back in the Premiership's class because. Um, I absolutely I love the league. Like um, obviously played in the the Pro 12 for ten years, but yeah. came to um, uh, since I've been been a part of the Premier. I know there's a big all this debate, isn't there? How good? Yeah. The I just think it's an unbelievable league to be a part of, and it's hard, like, isn't it? Uh, it's just it's a brutal <laughs> yeah. league. Every game you've got great mm. crowd. Um, there's there's it's always a big occasion, and it's brutal every week. Like, and I think um, like even like we've got some good players like Stephen Lewatour and that, but. Like they like they get battered after each game, you know. It's yeah. it's, it's such a physical league, and um, but it's one that just really uh, grateful to be a part of. It's, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one down at Bristol, isn't it? Because you're kind of being sort of crude about it. You get you get uh, relegated, but then you spend not then you spend a load of money. It's a club that spends a lot of money. You got some really high profile profile players. So actually, what often happens is. As a newly promoted club, it's kind of like no one expects you to do that well and the pressure's off. But that isn't quite the case for you guys, is it? Because you've actually got some big names, you know, and you've got Charles Piertau still to come back. But you've signed some big players there and spent a lot of dough on some top quality merchandise, <coughs> top quality kit. So you've kind of, you kind of got to start winning. You know, you, I mean, you're already winning games, but you've got to oh, kind yeah. of start quick, right? I think there's a reality that, um, you know, obviously you have to have that little bit of X factor, don't you? And I think... Um, but what I'd say is on that point, Flats, is every team's got that. Yeah. That, so there is pressure on, on us to win games, but there's pressure on every team. And I think that's perhaps where teams over the last five years, five or six years that have been promoted have struggled. Like, it's probably not too much wrong with, like, you know, look at London Irish last year, probably not too much wrong with the coaching. But mm. there's, you know, unless you've got some X factor and some collision in, in your game, then um, you're going to struggle. But I think but I think the other thing to it as well is, like, obviously, we have got some good players, um, but we probably don't have the same depth as as other teams. Um, but but it's like I think the, the the key thing is it doesn't matter if you've got good players. You still it's about you know as as a former forward, it's about building um, connections and combinations and having time in the saddle. And and we're we're relatively um, young uh, as a group, like as a coaching team and as a as, as a wider squad. So I think it's like it was good for us last year to be in the in the championship and go through that experience and. But again, high turnover of players. I think there's been 35 new players in the last two years, which yeah. is wow. so. I think it's um, it's obviously trying to balance the obviously there's expectation with us and with every team, but but also there's a reality that we we need to perform. But I think that's where Pat's been very good. Pat's very good at um, getting people on the same page um, as a leader. And I think you know the teams that we would have played in where you've had success, it's you you get clear direction from yeah. from the top. And people have to get in line with that. And if as long as you've got a clear vision and um, people, like as a player, I always knew if I if the coach told me what he wants, uh, I can go and do my job. I think sometimes it's difficult when you don't know exactly what your job yeah, is. And, and pa- Especially as a forward, you love that. Yeah, player. just yeah. tell me what you want me to do and I'll go and do it. And I think that's where, where Pat's very good. And Have you seen um, Pat lose it yet? 
No, he's pretty good to yeah. be fair. Yeah, he's all right, mate. Yeah, he's. Uh, Have you lost it yet? Oh, mate, I like as you know, I'm I can be a little bit up, <laughs> up and down. <laughs> <laughs> You got a bit of rage in there, have you? <laughs> oh, like yeah, no, nothing too, nothing too bad. But um, hardly hit any of the players. I think uh, no, it's just like even when I was a player, I think it's. I always just think it's important to be quite direct with with people. So, like if if someone's not doing their job, yeah, like I think it's important to tell them um, and not beat around the bush. Like I, I never liked coaches too much that try the old reverse psychology, and like would try and. Mm. Say, oh, how do you think you're doing, and all that? I just look Come again. Tell me. Like, tell me what I need to improve. So I just try and be that way with the players. Just say, we, this is where we need to improve. And but at, at the same time, we've got, as you mentioned before, we've got some real experience, like George Smith and Stephen yeah. Lutua and John Afoa and uh, and Jordan Crane and guys like that who have been in good good environments. So it's like um, they they also drive things as well. You know, it's not all just on. How on did you the, um? Yeah. How do you keep sort of the yourself and the coaching staff and all the players motivated when you were demoted last year was it tough um yeah mate it's like it is it is tough obviously won't uh, beat around the bush and I think um like I experienced it with Worcester as well on the other side where mm. I was part of the playoff final where you got back promoted and it's like I know there's like the big debate about whether you should get rid of relegation and I know there's there's two sides to the argument but you can't like it's unbelievable drama, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Around the league, where, yeah. whether it be I know the playoffs gone now, but those two games with Worcester, Bristol a few years ago, and then obviously there's there's a lot at stake. Um, but it is it is tough. It is tough, and obviously a lot of people lose their jobs. A lot of yeah. players left. Um, but I think then it's again well, that's where Pat's been good. Um, he's come in, clear vision, and uh, and um, you know we're all trying to buy into something. So when you having been relegated. You think? Am I right? In, I might not. I'm not putting words in your mouth. Having been part of a relegated club, do you think they cannot scrap relegation? You think they have got to keep it because it gives drama? Do you mean, or do you feel like actually it's not fair? Or I, I think this. I'm probably gonna. I don't want to sit on the fence, but I probably will because. Yeah, but I, fi- I, think, I find this really difficult. I think. As well. it, I've I gone think both ways. I on think it. it's difficult because it, it, sport. A lot of sport. Um, the big thing with sport is drama, isn't it? And entertainment. Yeah. Mm. And you can't, like, the league is the league because um, of the, you don't get any dead rubbers because of the nature of the league. You know, you never get a dead rubber because of, you know, even when 12th to play in 10th or whatever. But on the flip side, like, I just think, like, as, again, go being part of the, the promotion there with, with Worcester and the playoff system, it's unbelievable theatre and drama and, mm. like, it's great for TV and all that. Yeah. But it's probably not great for the, the, the development of the sport, like, in terms of, um, like and we obviously being part of uh, the Ospreys there for ten years, young players do come through uh, in Welsh regions in Irish provinces because they are allowed the opportunity. They are allowed mm. those games down weeks where they can they can come in. Whereas yeah. because there's so much more pressure in the Premiership, um, perhaps the younger players don't get the same opportunity. So um, yeah, no, it's it's a difficult one. Like I, you know, I'm sure all the all the the board members of all the clubs would would want it scrapped. Yeah. You know? Um, for obvious reasons, um, yeah, it, to ring fence it, but yeah, it's, it's difficult, uh, isn't it? Because depends which side of the fence you sit on. Isn't and it? as soon as you, the thing is, it is about drama. It's also about you know protecting the game. In that we want these people who finance the clubs to stick around because it's viable, and their money's you know they might not get relegated. But then it's it's the whole thing. Everything you say is brilliant about the Premiership. So big crowds every week, exactly. Loads of yeah. competition that literally dies, and the, and the whole the whole notion that yeah, but you know. 
let's Dylan Hartley and Courtney Laws, they're warriors. They're going to want to play every week. Yeah, but are you then saying Sean O'Brien and Johnny Sexton aren't warriors? Of course they are. Yeah. They just get to rest and get taken yeah, better yeah. care of. So they get, and it, it literally doesn't matter as much if they lose. There is literally less at stake. So yeah. it is. You could potentially ring fence it for three or four years. Possibly. Yeah, but then, you know, it, it, it would be an interesting experiment. But then it's like the, the things that make the, the, I think the one thing that makes the Premiership. Excellent. Most it's sort of its number one asset is how relentlessly difficult it is. So when you when you are winning games, it is properly hard earned. Now, and it's always what that means is that that means it transcends just playing. It means that fans know they can wander up with their ticket they paid a lot of money for, and they know they're going to see the players they want to see. Largely, I mean, look what happens when Bath change a load of guys or Bristol change a load of guys. Everyone goes mad about it, and that's once, and that's just because it's a long season. Imagine that happening two in every four weeks or two in every five weeks. Actually, what happens is it devalues it completely. So I think it is brutal. And, and everyone says, well, it's not sustainable as it is. We've got to ring fence because it's not financially sustainable. Well, Premier League football's not financially sustainable then. Lots of pro sport isn't because they're losing money. But actually, what we are talking... The game has been pro. The clubs are not without owners. There aren't many owners walking out and leaving people in the lurch, actually, as though people... You know, so actually, are these people willing to continue to lose a couple of million quid? It seems they are. So it's kind of like that actually kind of makes it sustainable because they are willing to lose it. I yeah. mean, you know, if, you, if you're worth 750 million, losing 2 million is a kick in the nuts. But frankly, it's like us losing 200 quid, lads. Mm. It, you know, it, it is bearable. And if mm. you love it, you stay. So it, it's an interesting situation. I, I, I do think like... Uh, 100 I do, quid for you, perhaps. And I think, like going back to your, the point you made earlier about like me, me the, the expectation on Bristol, but but there's also like um, the other side is obviously developing young English talent as well, mm. and I think there's good young players we have in the club, and, and same with all the the teams. But and I just think like if you did scrap it, that would be the one thing where there's mm. there's the potential, and I and I guess it's what is the bigger picture? Is the biggest bigger picture a successful England team? Yeah, or is it? Um, and that's probably again going back to the debate with football. Is probably in, English football has has been compromised, isn't it, by the success of the Premier League? Yeah, maybe over the last twenty years with all yeah. the, the foreign imports and and the expectation on the teams and that, that you wouldn't want that to happen. And just getting the balance right, isn't it, between yeah uh, keeping the um, the spectacle that is the Premiership at the moment, but then also developing the. And protecting players and developing young English talent. There's also so go on. No, go on. There's also, I mean, the Premiership Cup is basically designed for yeah. um, these young players. So that's their window. But then, how much are international coaches watching? Other coaches watching, hopefully a lot. But also, it you know there might be a tweak to the system where I know that clubs are financially incentivised to pick their own academy players, develop their own academy players, give them first team contracts, and the first yeah. portion of their contracts covered, and you get credits, that sort of stuff. I wonder if you, if you quite aggressively increase the financial incentives for clubs to play local, locally sourced sausages, we're at Gloucester Services, locally sourced meat. You know, if you yeah. then I, I guess that that would make a difference. And one thing Premier the Premier League football's never been able to establish is there's got to be an English player in every Premier League team starting eleven. I mean, mm-hmm. it was suggested in a newspaper column years ago, and everyone went bloody mad. One player in each yeah. team, no way. Chelsea will no way, absolutely no way. We have an English player. You have to have one in, in the team, you know. Yeah. So actually, we have two players who aren't European qualified in every match. Twenty three. Yeah. I reckon that's all right. I know that South Africans don't mm-hmm. count, and you can have Scottish and Irish. The Irish don't leave because of tax reasons very often, and I know you've got to pay them a lot to get them over. And everyone knows that. But it's 
it's an interesting one, but I I kind of think there are still. I, I feel like what's at stake every weekend is what makes the Premiership what it is. So it's really hard to argue against yeah. losing that. We have this perception of Bristol that you know, they want to throw the ball around, um, run it from everywhere. But we're having a little chat off air. Um, he's a little bit nervous about what we're going to ask him. Um, but it's not the case, really, is it? You know, you work incredibly hard, and you have done on your scrum and your set piece. Yeah, definitely. I think oh, the, the first thing on the way we play is, um, and Pat's pretty clear about this, is um, he just wants players to play with expression. Now, he's, he doesn't go out and tell them to go and run the ball from the goal line and yeah. this and that, which uh, it, Pat just wants to play like a what's-on mentality. So if there's um, a lot of numbers in the front line, then we should probably kick it. Yeah. You know, if there's space, then... But I think the key thing is is making good decisions and allowing the players to make good decisions but having the, the freedom and the expression to do it. And I think sometimes the danger is if you do it the other way, where you go, uh, we're just going to have a really good defence and a good kick chase, but you can chuck it about if you want to. Yeah. Uh, like well, then t- But I think, so we invest a huge amount of time in our skills. Um, a bit like, you know, we did when we, as young players with Wales, you know, in, with the Steve Hansen regime. Scott Johnson, yeah. Well, we invest a huge amount of time in our, in our skills and um, upskilling the players because you have to have good skill level to play that type of game. But then the key thing is in the Premiership is obviously uh, you have to have a good set piece, and um, and I think like last year in the Championship we probably um, our set piece wasn't what it should have been. Like we we played against some teams um, who were pretty well drilled down yeah. in the Championship, and so I think we we invest like we speak about the set piece is obviously the, the heart of our game, and we know that um, to be able to play the game we want to play we have to be able to defend walls on our goal line, and we've yeah. actually so. Yeah, my myself and Mark Irish, who's the scrum coach, we've we've had a little bit. Where's of, he from? We've uh, he's he, he Bristol. He oh, played right. for Bristol for a long time. Yeah, Irish, he's Irish not guy? Irish, no. <laughs> but we've had we've just had a bit of fun with the players with it as well. We've set some goals for them um, in in pre season around like um, we've got the pigsty challenge. So Ollie Ollie Cohn, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously it's a favourite haunt of a lot of the players in Bristol. They, they go to the pigsty. Um, so we just said right, if we can not concede any. Um, more tries in the first six games. Me and Iro, the the scrum coach, we'll um, we'll take them for a free feed. In uh, yeah, oh, and, and mate, it's amazing how when you bring things to life, it, it, like you know, when you put an incentive in front of a group. Yeah. So we we've had we I think I haven't got the exact stat, but we've probably had to defend about sixteen goal line um, uh, malls in the first five games and we haven't conceded right? <laughs> awesome. and One it's like after the game the boy's like yeah the, the pigsty challenge is still rolling, still rolling. <laughs> and it's like and it's like you, you know score now so you don't have to um, play yeah but it's then fun, we've got we've got fines with it as well like so you talk about like uh, the emotional investment in the set piece and stuff and um, like one of the things that Iro is big on is that all forwards should wear eight studs yeah because it's like good, you, on, good uh, on you Iro good luck and it, but it like um, the player like the, a lot of the, the back, scrummaging yeah f- well a lot of the you, a lot of the pitches these days are amazing aren't they yeah. yeah and a lot of players the perception oh I can wear moldies like uh, you no see, you some, can't some of the yeah. I'm not saying like but the backs or the back rows whatever but, because they're, they're but, more comfortable boot for backs that's but one of the reasons why it's more comfort yeah, yeah but I think like when it comes to scrummaging or defending a mall yeah. like you often see it where um, a scrum's maybe under the pump and then a back row a seven or a six is slipping and that should never happen, should it? Yeah, you know, no, and how frustration is like conceding a scrum penalty because you, 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 you your sevens were in mouldies or something. That so, so one of the things that we, yeah. we, we said right, everyone's got to wear eight studs, and uh, for every stud that you don't wear under eight, it's fifty pounds 
That's yeah, fair. brilliant. So, so George, what, what, where it's been, it's actually been quite funny because George, George Smith, George Smith's <laughs> 110 caps, right? He's never worn eight studs in his whole life. And he's like, fellas, you sh- do I really have to wear eight studs? And we're like, yep, you've got to wear eight studs. <laughs> <laughs> Is he doing it? And so the first, so he wears Nike boots. I'm not sure whether Nike do uh, the eight studs or whatever, but. So he didn't wear them for the first three games. So he's had 300 quid into the kitty, right? <laughs> and he's looking at us like going, fellas, you're killing me. Like, uh, So and same with one or two of the other, the back rowers. So they've put money into the kitty. But Jordan Crane's got this guy who he can change the soles of it. So he, whatever your favorite boot is, like say so you've got a particular uh, boot, which is a nice comfy boot. He can change the, the sole of it, you know, so you can put extra studs he, in. He can put uh, the eight studs in. So to be fair, though, George never worn eight studs in 110 caps or whatever. And he's gone right, right. I'll I can't keep paying. It's cost 100 quid a week. I can't pay 100 pound a week. So he sent his boots off um, to this guy, and uh, unfortunately, the the guy's uh, had a heart attack. Oh no! Right. So yeah, it's yeah, brutal. It's an expensive right? heart attack. So, for so George. but but George has sent his boot all his boots off, and now he's he still has he hasn't got <laughs> boots now. He's paid 300 quid. And now he hasn't got his boots as well. So he's like, oh. he's... We're not, we're not at, laughing at the heart attack. No, 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 no. no. And, and I hope he really he gets well soon. Yeah. Um, for his sake and George's. For, for George's sake as well. And yeah. it's, But it's brutal. So George could be, after round six, like 600 quid down. <laughs> and he and he's just like, it's become a bit of a running joke. But no, I think just stuff like that. And I know like it, it is lighthearted, but it, the, the, the guys have bought into it. And I think like to defend 15, 16... Goal line malls is is impressive without really conceding, is. you know, and and there's especially other, there's, these days other, when they're so hard to stop. There's other yeah. incentives around, um, you know, not conceding too many, like uh, being above the average with scrum penalties and mm. things like that. So we dro- we brought it to life a bit, and we've had some fun. And me and Ira could be skint after <laughs> yeah. if we if we yeah. na- if we if the players meet the challenges against Worcester next week. Then me me and Ira are skint for a few months. But yeah. but get well, die the boot. Um, if that isn't, if that's his name, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that is that's awesome. shocking. Yeah. And he's he's a great guy. Now you retired, um, and it's really topical now, isn't it? The um, the tackle area, the tackle height, concussion. You retired actually with concussion, didn't you? With a head injury. Um, um, I always yeah. remember when you played England, and you got knocked out by Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Sean great, Ed, great Sh- tackle. Sean Edwards said. He deserves that for running too high. No, no, no. It's, uh, so we had a policy. So you, mate, don't let <laughs> the like tr- that, don't let the truth get yeah, away. Don't ruin good story, that JC. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, so like, remember with Gats in the fifteens, you had to carry off nine. In yeah. between the fifteens, you carry off ten. Yeah. And there was a ruck in between the fifteens. Yeah. You know, I was like first ten minutes, like keen, give me the ball, and I ran off nine, which should have been off ten. Yeah. And and Wilco Fear was a great shot. Mate, like, uh, yeah. Probably would have been a red card in today's game. Massively, it was right on the jaw, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, and I like to be fair, I was I was gone. And then we used to on a Monday then, Gats would do the old. Um, you'd get yeah, all your profiles would be up on the on the pin board, and there'd be a little comment underneath. And underneath his beard, and a summary of your game. And I was like, still concussed on the Monday, and the cats was just on my corner. Was got what you deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Got what you deserve for running off nine. (laughs) Ian Evans, right? Yanto, who's been Uh, on the pod, um, used to just get three words: discipline, discipline, discipline. (laughs) Did he? One of of Ian's was, uh, "You're a liability to this team." (laughs) Was it really? Of Sean Edwards. Oh, that is brilliant! Oh, but um, that is club. What do you have any good ones, Shanks? Like your body language is terrible. No, 
Most um, defeatist looking, defeated looking bloke in the world. Like, the, watch um, out for Jamie Roberts. <laughs> uh, uh, you've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but your 50th cap. Yeah, we have, we have. Oh, mate, that we, was... We, we actually I'll interviewed Gats. No, no, we interviewed Gats about it, and on a, he's like had uncontrollable laughter. You think, Wait, you honestly, think it's just oh, hilarious. Yeah. One of the, the funniest things before, because you... you no, no, what about, the, what about the time we were out in Argentina? Hang on, I, I, want, I, want JT, I want JT's version of your 50th cap, if you can remember it. Yeah, so it was Italy. It was, it was 2008 <laughs> Grand Slam, wasn't it? And it was... Uh, the Was that the penultimate game, maybe? No, no, oh. it, was, it was Italy, third game. Oh, no, it was third game, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Gats, like, is... A, like for, for his for the perception like Gats is obviously um, he's quite a quiet man isn't he and he doesn't like he speaks quite softly he speaks he? softly I've never seen him lose it mm. with the players apart and from when he dropped Ryan Jones as captain <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that Gats in a minute we'll do that uh, next <laughs> he uh, so his team talks are really short sharp and to the point but like the players massively respond because he's because yeah. he's a man of few words when he does speak it's pretty powerful so he he walks in and we're in the Vale of Glamorgan. Obviously, he'd do his little talk. We're all in the circle, in the semicircle before we go to get on the bus. And um, the pattern's and, and, a pattern. Yeah, so Pat, uh, so Pat uh, Gats comes in. He's like, uh, fellas, he talked a little bit about the game plan, real short, couple of minutes. He went, oh, I just need to think, I need to mention um, it's a special occasion for someone today, Tom Shanklin, uh, 50th cap. And everyone was like, thought he was going to say something really nice about Shanks. Yeah. He went, uh, he said, I'm amazed you've got 50 caps. <laughs> he said, we used to target you when we played Saris, when we were watching Saris, because we thought you were the weak link in the team. And, but he said, I can't believe you've made it to 50 caps. But to be fair to you, he said, yeah. mate, mate, we were all just like in stitches though, just before getting on the bus. On the bus, yeah. And uh, oh, you had a good game that day, didn't you? Yeah, I'd taken a hammering, mate. I was in the... Um, <laughs> Top five that could do better, wasn't he? Um, in the World Cup, like oh, the ugly five, yeah. the ugliest man in oh, the, the world. Oh, the ugly five, yeah, yeah. It was me, then Serge Betson, and some others. Neil Jenkins. And every time I try to say something, boys would just start singing UGLY. You ain't got no alibi. <laughs> and Shanks, he, Shanks gets the red mist as well. You've probably have yeah, you seen yeah. that? Oh yeah, oh, he when he goes when he goes monkey he, strong. Oh mate, he gets he's so strong. Orange at me. Oh, in Australia, <laughs> you did JT. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't know what. I was banging on his door. And he was trying to get into the room for some reason, and, and like, uh, so I. Oh, he wasn't drunk, was he? We were trying to raid the mini bar, I think. So, I, so I, op- I opened. Someone opened the door. Coops opened the door. Yeah. And um, I threw an orange at Shanks, and it. Where, where did it hit you? On my, on my bum. Yeah, and it was like we were all giggling, and it really like you. Were, you were broken, weren't you? And then he gets like you know when he's lost it because he goes beetroot red, yeah, and he goes really silent. Yeah. And then next thing, <laughs> and then next thing, we're all trying to like keep the door shut, and there's like four of us holding the door, and Shanks just opens the door, yeah, like, unbelievable strength. Yeah. It's like oh no, um, <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. Don't, that, don't mess that, with Tom it? Shanklin when you, he um, gets the. He burst yeah, when you beat Matt Lee Cup, wouldn't it? You burst on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you burst onto the scene of that game, didn't you, New Zealand? I didn't yeah, know what hit yeah. him. <laughs> like a gazelle. Um, how many caps you had before then? Was that? That, uh, was, that was like my sixth cap. What was your What was your first cap? Uh, it was Australia on the summer tour. Before. Remember we went. Remember we went on a summer tour to Australia, New Zealand yes. before the World Cup. Yes. And we played Australia was the first cap. Yes. Wendell Sailor and, uh, that S- were playing scored a try and from then his own. We did quite line. well, and they scored two tries in the last ten minutes. Yeah. And then. Um, we played New Zealand the week after. That was my second. I was on the bench. How did that go? And it was 
uh, Dan Carter's first cap at 12. Yeah. Oh. And he was unbelievable. Yeah. He, like, Mark Taylor was a very good international centre and he we, made him look Steve like Hansen old. Said, Steve Hansen said, right, they've got a new and cap. We must target him. All go. <laughs> a young lad at 12. He yeah. scored like 27 points on his own. And was it, that, was it, that? Charv, Charv got knocked out and I came on for Charv. Yeah, That's my, right. That was my second cap. Was, that, was it Jerry Collins that knocked yeah, out yeah. Charv? I yeah. remember that hit. That was brutal. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, can we rewind a bit and about when... Warren Gatland took the captaincy off Ryan Jones what happened then? Oh that's the only time I've ever seen him lose it I think it was um, we what, were crying, Fiji, Fiji. Fiji we were playing yeah. Fiji which are a bit of a bogey team for Wales and I think I think Ryan accidentally gave a penalty away obviously uh, right last minute didn't they? I think Fiji ended up kicking the yeah, points and drawing yeah, the match yeah. and he and Gatland came in and he was fuming and he said I'll tell you one thing now I'm not doing the accent um, go on i tell you one thing now <laughs> <laughs> you bloody close the freezer for the tip tops um, <laughs> he said <laughs> he said Ryan Jones will not be captain Matthew Reeves will be captain of the side next week and uh, if you've ever seen a man grow taller in his sh- boots and shoes it was Smiler <laughs> well, he walked out of the changing room about 7 foot didn't he <laughs> he was all slunched over like, get out the door. He, was all, he was all slunched over like because we, we lost the game and he said Matthew Roos to be captain. God, it's back straight straight away, wasn't it? Chest out. Yeah. What did yeah. Ryan Jones do then? That's how he got it taken off him. He's just sitting there and his head goes between his legs. Like, ooh. Yeah, I think it was just a, a bit of a, a reaction, wasn't it? But he. he, pop- he uh, well, I'd say about Ryan, he, he handles himself well in those times. Oh, like, yeah. Like it, was, it was obviously brutal the way it happened, but he, he Ryan handled himself pretty well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Um, but anyway, getting back to um, yeah, sorry. concussion. Why did you retire? I mean, I know. Flats knows, but. Well, it's presumably, because you said that it's concussion, presumably. Uh, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, something for nothing. Yeah, but no, but <laughs> uh, so uh, basically, I was. It was really strange, right? Because um, I'd only had two uh, times in my career where I had to leave the field with like a what I thought was concussion, but it was basically like you know when you get a knockout. Yeah, it was only twice that happened, so I didn't really think I had a, m- a massive issue with head injuries or whatever, but. You obviously play a lot, and in the back row, forwards, or whatever you get. You a like lot, the boiler house. You get a lot of uh, head knocks in a game, and you, the mindset of our generation was just dig, dig, dig yeah, in. Yeah. You'd like you'd never leave the field. No, and you'd off, often see stars or whatever, and it's just like crack on. And even if after a game, um, you knew you weren't right, like you'd you'd be you'd play the next week or whatever. Anyway, um, it, it was I was, it was in my time with Worcester. I pulled my calf in pre-season, and I was it was really strange because I was rehabbing from a from a calf injury. Uh, I think similar thing happened to Dean Coles. He he had all those head problems coming back from a calf injury. But anyway, I was um, I was coming back from the calf injury, and I started getting. Um, well, at the time, I didn't know it was difficult to describe, but it was like um, like almost like out of body experiences, and it was like. Um, getting like deja vu type things you know when you get sometimes when you can cuss but I was fine I was just rehabbing from my calf and uh, I was getting like um, I wouldn't say headaches but just strange feelings and I was getting was it like when your heart rate went up or was it just walking around normally yeah and I just like sometimes we drive in the car and and I'd have these like strange like 15 20 second moments where I wasn't sure what was happening I was still I was conscious I was still able to you know drive the car and know what was going on but and then I'd get these, and then I'd also get in, like, because I was captain at Worcester at the time, and I was always, like, I never used to make notes or anything. Yeah. You just speak from the heart or whatever. And I'd be in the middle of uh, a speech, and I'd be like, you know, you have two or three points to make. Yeah. By the, th- by the make the first point, I'd, like, I'd be forgetting what I was going to say on the yeah. second or third point. And, but this was happening over the period of, like, three months, and uh, it was, and I didn't really say it to anyone, because it's hard when you look back now, it's 
it's you know, it sounds bad, but at the time you don't really know. Like, yeah, it's not that obvious. No, what's going on now? And people then, probably know a lot more. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, to cut a long story short, they sent me to have scans and stuff, and I was diagnosed with epilepsy, which is um, so. Like when I say epilepsy, people think, oh, like I must have been having really Fits, bad yeah. seizures and foaming from the mouth. Yeah, but um, no, nah, but like there's obviously many, many different types of epilepsy, and I was basically those those experiences that I was having were what's called absent seizures. Right. Basically, so and we just and, disappear. Uh, like, yeah, but you're conscious, brain, yeah. but you get like yeah. 15 seconds where you're a bit vacant. Yeah. So it's like you know maybe school teachers from the past would probably it all fall into the place when I, you know, the vacant thing with me. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but like, so that was really it. It was, it was like it came from nowhere. Like it was such a out of the blue because at the time I remember you know <laughs> one of my mates, V Man. Yeah. He was like, I was having a laugh and joke with him a few weeks before, and he was going, oh, how long do you think you got left playing? And I was only 32. And my, at the time, I'd had a few groin injuries, but at the time, I was really feeling really fit. Yeah. And I said, oh, mate, I'm going to, because I loved playing. I yeah. was like, I'm going to play till I'm 40. And then, like, six, eight months later, I was Done. retired. Yeah. Uh, and it was brutal. And, and I think what had happened, for obviously, he went through a huge amount of, uh, um, saw a lot of consultants and this and that, and what has happened it, from a particular bang they'd have it wasn't some people get people get repeated concussions yeah mm. mine was from an impact that had caused a degree of brain injury that had um that was making me have these absent seizures basically um and then it was weird i carried on playing because uh i was jeez carried on yeah on. like Mad, it, when you look i was yeah. i was in denial at the time because i was i loved as i say i loved the game and i, I was just like oh was, it was just another challenge to me yeah um, so the, then the doctor said, oh, you can take medication to c- control the seizures, but there's no reason why you can't keep playing because there's other players that have played, right. like, uh, um, um, who's the old Lucid, the old Scot- Scottish Lucid uh, from years ago? Tom Smith. Tom Smith. He, had, he, he played for years and years with epilepsy, and he yeah. had it far worse than me. Like yeah. so, so when I when he told me this, I was like, right, happy days, I'll just crack on. So I played for the rest of that. You don't know any different, do you? I played for the rest of that season, and that... that it, um, Finished up with that playoff final against Bristol. Yeah, that was my last game. And but then at the in the off season, I reflected on it, and I was just like, it, it was such a brutal. It's quite a dark time in my life because like you sacrifice everything for for the sport. But then I was coming home, and I was like, um, the medication that he given me was m- making me really irritable and stuff. And um, and I was probably like, I'm always really quite a laid back person at home, and I was like different with my family and. And then I just got to that that summer, and I was just like, "What am I doing? I've got two. I've now got three kids. I had two kids at the time. And I was sacrificing everything just to play on a on a weekend. And then I was just like, I've got to be honest with myself here and just like and yeah. uh, call it's it a day. But yeah. but it mate, it's just like it's one of those things that happens. Like it's it a contact sport. Now? No, I'm, I'm I'm fine now. Yeah, I'm I'm alright. Like the the only thing I get Don't sometimes. Don't you going mental in the car now, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Trust Shanks to take it seriously. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's like it's like um, the only thing I reckon I, I've still is that's not the same as I still like my memory recollection. Yeah, isn't like the the barometer for for memory is if you're good on question of sport and it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. And I used to be class on question of sport. Yeah, gone right? now. And now, like I'm, and I'm like oh, bombs shit. good. Bombs on. Yeah, bombs. He's the best. Bell's amazing. Shanks was terror. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> but now I watch question of sport. I'm like oh, I can't remember his name. Can't, and so that, like all jokes aside, like yeah. my, my, I do get like a little bit of short-term memory loss and stuff, but I'm I'm alright. Like since I've finished, yeah. So George Smith gets red carded 
um, for a tackle on Jackson Ray, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. did you go with him to the hearing? No, I didn't. Pat did. Okay. Yeah. Because he, d- he ends up doing a, a demonstration, doesn't he, to yeah. the panel? Yeah. You all and all hit, wasn't it, or something? Are you able to tell us sort of what the demonstration was and what he was trying to do? Or was it... Yeah, like, I think what... Where George is, is, a, is a class act is, like, just in the way he plays the game. He... Um, every single uh, breakdown or tackle, he he calculates it and he makes it like so one of the questions um, I think uh, we were on this conversation and said how like about his, his longevity yeah and he's, he reckons he's playing the game for so long because he's smart about what breakdowns and, and tackles he goes into and doesn't go into and he has six so, studs you know a lot of sevens yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. Some, a lot of sevens just throw themselves into every breakdown but George is actually right he's really smart about the breakdowns he picks and doesn't pick and if there's like one where he like thinks there's someone he's going to get smashed, he won't he won't go in. Yeah. So it's like so he he's quite he's very very smart bloke around the breakdown obviously, and then he's gone in and he's articulated himself pretty well in the in the hearing because I think like the thing with with George's tackle was it wasn't obvious that it was to the head, it was impossible to see that that because obviously red card forced to the head and it wasn't um, so George just went in and just explained like like obviously Jackson Ray gets the whiplash effect but. There's so many different factors that that make an impact look or the, determine the outcome of an impact, and it's like you know if Jackson where he's carrying and he's like he's more like he's prepared for the tackle with his you know your lead foot dominant and he's prepared like he doesn't he doesn't okay because he because he's because he's not um, prepared for the tackle it looks a lot worse because George Smith is blindsided and him he's from blindsided him yeah so yeah. there's all these different circumstances and also like. Like the thing with George is, as soon as the tackle was made, nobody on the field reacted as if it was a bad tackle. You know when it's an obvious high tackle, yeah. everyone's like uh, arms up in the air. Mike Brown's run. No, there, there was no reaction. Right? Um, and and all George did when he when he went into the pie just explained that like he how he was targeting the ball and um, it wasn't like a cheap shot shoulder charge. He he tried he attempted to wrap his arm. And and how in with his different forms of tackle technique assesses each tackle differently. That tackle he he was targeting the ball and he was going upward in his uh, thing. Obviously Jackson Ray wasn't prepared and then obviously because of his momentum had taken him up, it had gone up and then that's what caused the whiplash effect. But I think the point on it was like every situation different and this is where it's a it's a grey area at the moment, isn't it? Because mm. all that for me that is a rugby collision. And you can't say categorically that was to the head, and as it proved, then in the in the it got dismissed, and yeah. he got found not guilty, and then he was able to play the, the following week. But that's cost us. You know, we've played thirty minutes without without George. Yeah. Then we were we were leading at the time. Now I'm not saying we definitely would have won the game, but like you have more of a chance. It, yeah, you you're, it, you the contest is almost gone. There. But he also bought a nice bottle of red, didn't um, he, for the panel? <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, not. But it, it, the thing is, you've got. He must have genuinely, genuinely now. He must have done a really, really good job because, and actually, there's something in that. I mean, it's one of those things like David Beckham gets David Beckham yeah. gets done for speeding, and Mr. Loophole gets him off on a technicality. Yeah. This isn't a technicality of process where 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 George is going in with his advisor and saying, "By the way, yeah. you didn't notify us by email within 72, whatever it was. Yeah. So therefore, I'm out." He's not saying that. He's saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I hit him, and his head did that." But but then you get the Will Spencer thing. Which is a massive bloke tackling a little bloke, and it's not intentional. But that's not the point. That's not what matters. And you get, correct me if I'm wrong here, JT. You get a letter from Jackson Ray saying, not dobbing in George Smith. He's asked to write a note, his account of it, I guess, and tell the truth. So he's just not lying. And he says he made contact with my head. 
and he doesn't get banned. And then you have Tommy Taylor writing a letter. This is all I've heard this, so tell me if I'm wrong here. You get Jack, you get Tommy Taylor writing a letter saying Will Spencer did not make tackle with my head. Yet Will Spencer gets a four week ban mm. and uh George Smith gets let off. So it's almost yeah. like if Will Spencer he's a hell of a second row, hell of a unit, but mm. maybe not a natural barrister maybe if you know maybe if he'd stuck up for himself a bit more and actually thought more about representing himself he might have got off I mean yeah, potentially. it's e- it's easy to say um, he shouldn't have been off or he shouldn't actually they if you cannot prove I watched it from all the angles for the highlight show thing you would. and it was like first of all I think I might have said this on the pod already but it was like right we're going to do this we're going to chat about the Bristol Sarri's Bristol game now and Mark Durden-Smith who I do it with says right, I'm going to ask you about the red card don't tell me your answer now but don't make sure you've seen it because I'm going to ask you about it. And I said, ask me if you want. I am going to completely sit on the fence because I have not seen an angle yet that proves to me he hit him in the head. Then I see the what the, I think the TMO called the killer angle from the back mm. and I watched it. Now I watch it on an iPhone at the AJ Bell on WhatsApp in portrait, not landscape. So it's, mm. it's all right, much better quality. And I'm thinking that as he has made contact with his head. Now the reality is I'm looking at that 10 times and then talking about it on the telly there is nothing in it for me but actually yeah. if you then have to go and prove you can prove a car was doing 59 and a 40 you if there are there must be there is a line where you just cannot prove that it has made contact with his head yeah. and therefore no, exactly. actually yeah. you can't you can't actually begrudge George for getting off that if he's managed to make you know substantiate that just line just flat it was um, it was uh, who's the um, it was Alex Ferguson who got let off because he said he had diarrhoea for speeding really Beckham, yeah yeah was um, yeah. how are you how are you coaching now sort of tackle technique <laughs> it's true how, how are you coaching tackle technique now because obviously it's really topical yeah it's a really good point um, but you it, don't know how like my theory my point is on this just quickly um, are you doing that thing where you ask a question and give the answer no 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 is he hates it when people do that you can't too. not every tackle can you tackle low it's impossible. No, you can't. And this is what George was explaining. Um, so what? Are you, how like, are you coaching you, these, your players you, now? Well, you you have tools in the toolbox, and then you use the one you need, don't you? And I think as a as a coach, your jobs is is to you can't just say you're right, you were going to tackle one way. Yeah. Now I think you, if you take a step back, what's what you're trying to achieve when you defend? You're either trying to get the ball back or trying to slow the ball down. Yeah. Now, um, ten years ago, the probably the, the main way of trying to get the ball back was the jackal wasn't it you go low mm. chop um, and then you got you got your classic seven or six or whatever that gets the ball back for you now the really interesting thing is like the way the game's refereed at the moment is about 75% of um, referees penalties go against the, the against the defence mm. right so and the, 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 with the way that you ruck law and stuff as well right so it's one of those things where like we coach to like the thing we coach in the tackle is to get the player to ground as quickly as possible, mm. right? So that does that could be low, like a low chop tackle, or it could be just a higher tackle where you target ball, but you we're still trying to get them to to ground because we've got guys who can compete over ball, but not every team do, does that. Like the you know Saris for example, they don't massively compete hard over ball. They try to get the ball back or slow ball down through tackling higher and du- and gang tackling double tackles, and there's a lot of you've seen a lot of teams over the years, haven't you? Who who have take that approach but mm. yeah. I think like you can't fault teams for having that approach because if 75 80% of the penalties go against the defence at the breakdown at the breakdown yeah. so well, like avoid breakdowns well, avoid yeah. avoid any as many like you know situations where you're going to give penalties away so 
if you're going to get penalised for competing over ball, and like George has been penalised quite a few yeah, times has, so yeah. far this season, Rose. right? But we get we get the refs report then the following week, and um, you get red or green. Whether like it's a green is the decision was made and it was the correct decision, and then you get a red if it's the incorrect decision. And a lot of Georges come back and it's red. Really? Yeah, and it's because cause it's such a fine... Because he's so incredibly quick in what he does. Now, th- there are times, don't get me wrong, which where George has been legal, but there's also a lot of times where he's legal. But because he's in so quick, the refs, I think sometimes, and they do a great job, but... Um, they think how's he got in there so quick? It's he must, un- he must be offside. Yeah, like, is, yeah. and then they give a penalty against him, and then like in, in the Gloucester game, like the actual uh, sin bin he got was because of a, a, like he totaled up, at, like it was an, a build up yeah. of penalties. But actually, quite a few of those penalties weren't penalties. They came back as red, uh, yeah. red errors. You know, so the so I think the point I'm trying to make is like if you want people to tackle lower, then you, the laws have to sort of reflect that the laws of the game. So at the moment, teams are probably tackling higher, and I'm—it's yeah, just a perception. Other teams and defence coaches are probably saying, "Let's tackle higher," because they don't want to. T- the reason we tackle low is to get the man gr- to the ground quickly, so you can get yeah. you're going to get pinged. So tackle yeah. higher, so we can slow the ball down through a double tackle a little bit higher, or a double tackle that causes a collision that makes them drop the ball. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there, there's a there's a bit around the laws of the game as well. That's so it's yeah. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you you actually. Desperate to defend, but as soon as the ball hits the deck, you are you are now at a statistical disadvantage as a defender. Yeah, 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 definitely. And the game's definitely swung because you were allowed to jackal like ten years ago. You were allowed. The contest was, and obviously the ruck laws were different then. But you were allowed, it was always a contest, and you and it was a fair contest, and you, you saw a lot more turnovers. I remember when Marty Holler first came to the Ospreys, he'd get like oh, carnage. He'd get yeah. seven, eight turnovers a game. It was incredible. Now. Like those type of sevens are probably like George still gets turnovers because he's a class mm. act, but it's harder f- than ever before for 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 people not just sevens but it's harder to get turnovers. So you, it means that people are going to tackle, try and tackle higher. You know, it's just the way. So there's, there's stuff around the laws of the game and stuff. But I think like we don't we don't coach tackling high. We just we coach. We want to get the, the guy to ground as quickly as possible. Whether that's a low tackle or a high tackle or a double tackle, then every situation is different. But if you keep getting pinged off the park defensively at the breakdown, that approach might change. You might want to start keeping people up and hitting them higher. Well, yeah, and they're the sort of uh, conversations that every coaching team would have, wouldn't they, yeah. in the country? Like, so it's um, yeah, it's a different one. But yeah, like, I, I just think like I, it's really interesting going back to the thing about where I get frustrated with, uh, and I, I think it, let's not forget like it's hundred percent correct. That they're trying to protect players, like, and you know when what annoys me is when people say, "Oh, the game's gone soft." Yeah, you do it then. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah. right? There's more collisions, there's more high-speed collisions than ever before. There's higher ball employed play time players than ever are before. Bigger, faster, if stronger. you watch a game pitch side, the collisions are brutal. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when people say the game's gone soft, then it really even us lot that played a bit not and that long like, ago, it's yeah, brutal it's, now. It's, I won't it's, want to play now. No. Honestly, it, it's such, such a brutal game, and so and all the laws and the governing bodies Still are trying to do. <laughs> All the all the, the governing bodies are, and uh, all the different uh, organisations trying to do is protect players, which is hundred yeah. percent the right thing. Where I get frustrated is like hundred um, percent a red card is for someone that leads with a forearm, because that's a choice. Like if I carry the ball with my fo- leading with my forearm, or if someone's on the floor, like the the Bastro example, yeah, and you throw a forearm to someone's head on the floor, that's a red card. That's foul play. Where, where I think. The grey areas are the, um, the high-speed collisions, like the Will Spencer, the George Smiths, where that, oh, I turn myself off there. 
Um, You're the, right. the high-speed collisions, I don't believe, warrant a red card because it's not intentional. I know that people say intent doesn't come into it, but George Smith is led with his with his arm, okay, and shoulder, yeah, and and he's and it's a high-speed collision, and he's and he's got red carded for it. But I don't think it's as clear cut to say force to the head red card. I was having a chat with John Muldoon, um, our defence coach, about this, and he's obviously big into healing and healing have. Yeah. I know other people have mentioned this. Healing have a black card where. Um, any sort of foul, foul play uh, in those ex- examples it, it, black card means you leave the field um, but then uh, another player replaces you yeah so it doesn't ruin the, the like so, yeah. so it doesn't you, end you know, the contest yeah, like, imagine watching a World Cup final or it happened with the Lions didn't it, where Sonny Bull gets red card in the second test Warburton in 2011 yes like I, I just, World I, Cup didn't mate, he well, honestly, anyway as a, yeah. I'm a fan like when I watch rugby wasn't planned, okay. imagine imagine paying that money to go and watch a, yeah. uh, a spectacle like that and it gets an accidental high speed collision means that it's the end of a contest that, that can't happen that's what rugby league do they put so, players on report so well. yeah a report like, I, I really like that I just think it's common sense a black card means you leave the field it gets reviewed another player comes on so it doesn't um, affect your team yeah. but then that player then it gets and, and if after 10 minutes the TMO's looked at it and gone it's actually not foul play he can maybe come back on or if he goes, he goes right. Well, that's on report, and then it goes to a panel or whatever. Then or if that's he says actually sense. that should have been a red card, the, it's a red the person card. who's yeah, come so on for ten minutes goes off, and it has to go off. Yeah, if it was foul yeah. play. It's yeah. in certain areas or it, in certain tackles where you're actually you're getting a slight disadvantage, but you're not losing a player for the whole of the game. You can mm. bring someone on who's not probably going to be as but good as the start. Hundred percent, and 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 I think it's the same with like you know the the high balls, isn't it? Like when you know when people go for high balls, and it's yeah. all those type of. Accidental yeah. high-speed collisions should not. I mean, should should. In my opinion, if it's a contest and it's not intentional, um, and you, you like you lead him with um, decent, like George is led with, um, you know, he's led with his arm. He's led. You know, there's nothing. He's not. It's not gone for a cheap shot, swinging arm, yeah. or led with a forearm when he's carrying. You know, it's. So I think it's just those. They're the frustrating ones in the game at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So last weekend, uh, JT, you'd expect at any level, if you score 40 points, you win the game. Score 40 points at home, you win the game. But that must be a hell of a game to lose that. Just quickly, what do the, what do the boys call you? Uh, like in the, they call you JT, they call you John or um, Jonathan? Yeah, Gov, did make them call you Gov? No, just JT. John JT, the Baptist? Yeah. No, JT. <laughs> um, but that, is, that must be a hell of a game to lose that. Is it kind of glad, pleased to be part of a great spectacle? Or no, no, we were gutted. As, as coaches and as players, we were gutted. It was actually Pat's 50th on yeah. Saturday night. And it was fancy dress. Uh, oh, ruined it. <laughs> and we were like walking into it. All like, even Pat himself, we were like we were broken that we dropped the three points. Like, and um, it was a great. It was a great. If you're a neutral, it was a great game of rugby. Yeah. Um, but I think we were just disappointed. Like um, we conceded a couple of soft tries, and I think there's just been like we there's been lots of good stuff from us so far this season, and we've been in every game, and we've shown lots of good. We just. Probably making a few too many errors. Um, there's too, man, too much error in our game at times, um, and we just need to execute and be a bit more clinical in in certain aspects. Does Will um, Harrell remind you of me? <laughs> yeah. Well, the strength. <laughs> He's so the strength. strong, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk um, yourself up, yeah. Anyway. Wow. What about uh, what about Does Luke? Remind you of me, Jetty? <laughs> <laughs> what about Brad Pitt? No, Vin Diesel. Oh, anyway. Sale. Um, what about um, Luke Morahan? Yeah, he's class. What yeah, a very player, good, isn't he? Yeah. Like, I look at him and you don't really. He's not a. He's not sort of. He doesn't look that powerful, that dynamic. But he is one. Skill-wise, yeah. You know, footwork, skill, reading the game, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's he? class. Yeah, he's. Um, and I think like, um, probably an underrated part of the game is like high ball, isn't it? Like yeah. the the high ball contest is is so important in the Premiership, and that's probably what cost you know, like a couple of years ago. We used to lose every fifty-fifty in the air, mm. but. Um, Guys like Luke Alapate um, are really good under the high ball. Luke does everything well, like runs yeah. well, tackles well, doesn't make many mistakes, and he's just a, he's a really good pro. Yeah, so he's um, we're lucky to have. I like Euron at nine. Thought he looked good. He looked lively. Sorry, Euron at nine. Are we yeah, call him Euron. Am I saying it Urin, right? No. <laughs> he actually said I didn't. I didn't listen to the podcast last week, but he said that you'd called him Urine or something. Urine. I think he you did. His, actually, his mates, his mates had said yes, Uren, Andy Uren. Oh yeah, Andy Uren. Anyway, I mean, a big, a, a really big thing for Premiership players now yeah. is that um, every week for Premiership rugby, I, I do a fifteen. I do a flats fifteen. Oh, it's yeah, massive yeah. for the guys yeah. now. It's like getting a lines cap. Yeah, getting the call up for that. So, um, <laughs> Uren, is um, it Uren? Am I saying it right? Uren. Uren. Oh god, yeah. Uren. How, how he, big was the Northampton? Oh, yeah, hang on, he's got, he's in, and Uren, Uren's in. Okay. Uren's in. Okay, is he? he's in. Oh, he'll, be, he'll be over. How big was the Northampton winger? Absolute machine. Big T, they call him. Absolute machine, yeah. Mate, Naira size him. Yeah, he is very, very big, isn't he? Yeah, and it's just he's one of those like. Do you remember Lomu back in the day? If you went low, bounce he'd, off, him. he'd just do the old chicken wing on you. Yeah, or yeah. If you went high, he'd hand you off. It was a bit like that. Like he's he's got that freakish ability. Yeah, yeah, he uh, could yeah. be quite a signing if they get a bit of room for him. Yeah, yeah, but he a is, bonus you know. point. Uh, we got two know. points. Yeah, so. uh, which is crucial, isn't it? Yeah, it was good to get two points, but we would have loved the five. Mm. Flats, you're at um, Saracens Bath. Yeah, Liam Williams another hat trick. Yeah, but he's mate. He's the Lineker of rugby. He's just tapping king, isn't he? He had to. Um, he actually had to work for I think his first try when he went round Rocco. He stepped Rocco. He just checks him. I yeah. still. It just makes right, me laugh check. seeing him run, isn't it? You know, he just look. He's at, he's really incredibly fast. Great on his feet, but you watch the style of his running. It just it doesn't go, does it? But it works. Nope. 
No, it, but it but works. He, he's very, very good, bet, and he looks great for Saris. Alex really Good was good at the weekend. Yeah, he was brilliant, and he's getting better. Um, it was like I like Lazowski at, at centre as well at thirteen. I think that's his best position. People, he's like, people are saying he's the answer for England at thirteen. Whereas you love Henry Slade. Yeah, I like them both, but Henry Slade's played so well. I'm not sure you can drop him. But Lazowski, I tell you what, he does do is absolutely batter people. He melts people in the tackle. Henry Slade, they don't get much tougher than... For pretty boys, he's one of the toughest pretty boys about Henry Slade. But Lazowski is, I probably, if you're that way inclined, um, if he's your type, quite pretty as well. He absolutely smashes people like Johnny Wilkinson used to. He's just melting people at the weekend in the second half. But there's, Yeah, there's no real surprise there, was there? I mean, half-time is 26-20, Bath are still in the game, but... Like any team that goes to Saracens, yeah, you can't. You kind of watching it, kind of wondered how, and because so Bath changed, um, I think forty-eight of their team for this game, and you know, not wrong with that, mate. No, predictably, predictably, they you know they got Exeter, Wasp, Toulouse the next three weeks, and and it's on the plastic pitch, which can affect different players differently. And I just think, well, no, no one from Bath would ever admit this, but if you send your absolute flat-out first-choice team up there, there is a very strong chance they will still lose. And actually, they will get put. They will get put through an incredibly hard game on a plastic pitch. So I sort of think, well, fans don't like it, which I completely understand. But you'd, it weren't, wasn't like you're putting kids out there. You got lads with fifty caps playing in that second choice team. So mm. equally, wasn't I? Wasn't still remain not quite sure how Bar scored twenty seven points, whatever it was. Yeah, but they did. Good Two on intercepts, them. I think. Yeah, well, yeah, they Helped. and the one Tom Homer try was really nicely worked off turnover. But it's like almost like. Sarri's switched off as much as Bath put something together but Sarri's coughed up a couple of tries unusually it should have been it was 50 points it should have definitely been 64 perhaps even more if they were properly on it but it was it was a proper pasting but it wasn't totally unexpected to be honest you were up in Newcastle weren't you yeah Newcastle Friday. was Friday night yeah that was an interesting game it um, was it basically made how on earth did Watson made, score off that centre scrum pardon how on earth did Watson score for Wasps Oh yeah, did you ever watch the games on TV, JT, or do you do analysis like the week after? No, no, like I, I normally watch rugby. I didn't actually watch that game. I, yeah, and if I've missed it, then I'll watch. Austin it. Austin Healy there. was going on about. <laughs> oh, yeah. funny. Wasp with way too deep off the centre field scrum. There's no way they're going to score. Well, that's no, because yeah. it's because the, the ten and the fifteen. So Sopawanga and Miller were right five, behind the scrum, directly behind the number eight oh, yeah. in the scrum, and he's like, they're "Why do they deep. do that? It never works. It never works." They scored. <laughs> <laughs> Sopawanga threw like a basketball pass over top to Watson and scored. It was great. I hammered him on telly. It was perfect. <laughs> And um, he got it, and he denied it, and everyone yeah. was sending him proof on Twitter that he'd said it. But it, interesting game. So Wasp yeah. didn't get away with it; they stayed in it. But it's there's a fine line, isn't it? It's like it's like with you guys at Bristol playing and playing and playing. It's like let's go, go, go. Actually, it's there is there is a balance to be struck there because mm. there are times you need to be pragmatic. And Newcastle really want to play; they really want to put teams to sword and be aggressive at home and make it a difficult place to go and play so when they're getting chances to kick for goal they're kicking for the corner to be aggressive and I remember when they were doing it and I'm in comms and I'm thinking don't be that boring old geezer don't be yesterday's geezer old man but I'm like you've got to take the points and in the end they lose by a point to Wasp because they didn't take and you think maybe they would have taken the penalties and Wasp would have scored three more tries you don't know but it's one of those things you're playing against teams with strike runners like Wasp have got in the team if there are points on offer you know, something actually that Ian Madigan does very well for you guys. When they're on offer, yeah. take them. He's got a lovely curl to his kick. He'd be amazing at corner. Yeah, he missed. It was funny because he missed a couple in pre-season, where um, he gets the old, the, there's the old swerved, and yeah. he comes back. Like the draw, John, yeah. the like draw, John draw. Taylor for and, Wales. And he, he missed line. a couple of pre-season, but um, and Bruce Rihanna, who's our kicking coach, was uh, chatting with him. He's like, "Oh, don't worry, it'll 
it'll, by the start of the season, it'll be, it'll, the draw will be back. Oh, is it? <laughs> and, uh, and lo and behold, like, he, mate, he kicks well for us. He does. He I does. can't believe John Eels used to kick. That's crazy. I still gets Did me. you ever kick chunks? Um, no, I had one kick once in a semi final. Remember, we had the kickoff. Oh, yeah, yeah. the nugget. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I obviously, I nailed, my, uh, nailed mine. Just uh, just quickly, going back to the sizing, right? We, we, obviously, we obviously played them a few weeks ago. It's frightening the depth they have and the athletes in their back five, right? Man. So you got like Itoji, Cruz, um, uh, then you got Skeleton, yeah. But then you got like Asiqua, right? And ben then you got um, Rhodes, mate, Ray. It, Jackson, uh, and Ray. then you got the, the, the physical, yeah. Mate, honestly, <laughs> and I think like the, the question you asked at the start, flats about um, uh, like Bristol, the expectation on Bristol, like they've been together like seven, eight, nine years, mm. and they've developed like not only the the combinations and the cohesion as, as a team. They've got the depth, like when you just go and you, they can rotate their squad and still put world class yeah. athletes on. Oh, it's, it's frightening, really. It's like you keep like, all these, they manage to keep all their stars happy when there's more than sort of 15. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that because that, that's easier when you've got the depth. Equally, there's a balance again there between backing people and giving people a yeah. run. So, like the All Blacks, you know, everyone's talked about England have struggled since I guess Tins and Greenwood retired to get a proper midfield it's like yeah I, I get that but actually when mm. New Zealand won the World Cups they had four centres who regularly played games they had Comrade Smith Ma Nonu they had Sonny Bill and they had Malachi Fekatoa Crotty, Crotty. So these guys are all regular All Blacks mm. in two slots so you just at some point they have removed Nonu or a Comrade Smith who've got 100 caps each who are the Kings yeah, they've yeah. removed them and put in rookies and said we yeah. back you Can and I there's just, something yeah. in that just on the Wasps Newcastle game, mate. Um, when the game finished, you're in the bar and you sat next to Die Young, mate. He properly alphaed you. He made you look like a newborn baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, he, like, you're not a small bloke. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you made... noticed, JT. I've lost a bit of weight. Yeah, you're looking good. You right, are looking good, mate. He made so, you look like a 12 year old boy. I yeah. and I love that. So, tell you what happened. A um, couple of things. I got um, a new coat, and I thought. I went to the shop and I said, have you got that in a double XL? No. I went, right. went and bought in the shop. Have you got that in a double XL? And they said, no, we've only got an XL. I said, that won't fit. And they said, we'll try it because sometimes they come up big. I put it on and it fit perfectly. <laughs> I haven't fit into an XL coat for a long time, right? <laughs> now, I've, I've lost 20 kilos, okay? It's like Cinderella this is. Right? So I'm 120 kilos now. Mm. And I sat next to Die Young. And if I put my 20 kilos back on, I would still be 20 kilos lighter <laughs> than Die. Boys, boys reckon, that's what Andy Hayes always says, boys reckon, boys at Wasp reckon he's between 155 and 160. <laughs> and the thing is, mate, he, he walks up, he comes in and you say hello and you like brush against his, the side of him, the front of him, the back of him. And of course, he will have more fat on him than Shanks will. Of course, he always will. It's like knocking on the side of a car. Yeah. Like, it's like you could knock on it and it'd make a noise. It's not bold, It's not falling around fat. He is just enormous. He's, he is all bench, isn't he? He is he's enormous, man. Like, his what, back's yeah. about three feet across. What are you wearing at the moment? You're looking a bit trim. I mean, we, we played in this charity football match and oh, you were, you oh, were quite was, big then, That was you? during my dark time that oh, I spoke it? about. Yo, mate, like, so when I... Uh, we when played in a uh, cancer charity football match and uh, I yeah. hadn't seen you for a while. And... Uh, I was always you, like you I was always, always quite skinny. No, you're really athletic. Yeah. No, you were. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but my, so I, I but not I, that day. I never went between my whole playing career was between like 107 and 111 yeah. kilos. Like never. Um, and then within six months of retiring, I was about 125. Yeah. Seriously. On Toblerone and, and, and I was like, D. I think like because you obviously you make sacrifice <laughs> you make sacrifices, don't you? 
Um, and I was always pretty good with my diet and yeah. this and you that. You rip in when you retired, some people don't. And, yeah. and then I just had I that. It was like, you know when you have an off-season two-week binge? Yeah. My two-week binge lasted for six months. Yeah. And then it was at the point where I had to get all new jeans, yeah. new clothes, everything. I was like, right, I've got to do something about it. But yeah. you're, was, you're I'm back, And I'm back at about one... 16-ish You were always yeah. fit Because I always remember In the gym You always used to do Cleans with your shoes off Facing <laughs> the other way So you didn't look In the mirror <laughs> Oh yeah Getting Pro- serious Proper Norse In Getting the gym serious. Him and Alan jones <laughs> Wouldn't look in the mirror When they're doing power Test cleans match. Test match every day Shoes is off it? Don't your socks mate Miles Test better. match every day is it? Just, um, trying, just trying to be the best We can't be chucks <laughs> What's wrong with that mate How tall are you JT 6'5 Right so I'm 6'0 yeah. And I went up to 140 mate Did you Yeah 138 and then 140. After finishing? Yeah, or? yeah. So about a year ago, I was. Yeah. Last New Year, I was 140. Sh- sugar. Yeah, really bad. What, um, really what, bad. what have you done to. Uh, is, is it training or, or diet? Stress. Um, oh, right, okay. It's working with, with, working with Shanks. Shanks. Yeah, it's a bit of both, really. It just ha- it had to come yeah. off. It had to come off. Like, yeah. I've had one Mackie D's in 2018 a few weeks ago, and I won't have another one in 2018. Yeah, yeah. You come home from stadium at night. I can't say that, mate. I can. I will not have another one. That's a, that's what I find really hard about coaching is like it's so easy to eat bad food. Yeah. Because like you're working long hours and I've like, lost the services. Sometimes I'm coming back at eight o'clock at night and I'll be like, oh, I haven't had food. Bring your missus. I'll just get just get a sausage roll and a coffee or something like that. You yeah. Know? You just you just it's so much easier. To, but that's what I've I've got. You know, the last twelve months I've got much better at not eating crap. Yeah, that's the key. Um, don't don't eat. Yeah, don't eat until you're so full you're going to be sick eight times a day or three times a day, which is what I'm doing. And also, yeah, you've got to just you've got to prepare as well. Don't eat too much crap. But the thing is, I'll go in there and I'll get a coffee and a big sausage roll, and then I'll drive home from here and have dinner. Yeah, but. Yeah. A year ago, I would have got two sausage rolls and yep. a jumbo pack of crisps, a bottle of water, <laughs> and you know I'd have had some healthy stuff too. Then I'd have got home and had dinner and had yeah. another plate of dinner, and it was like the amount of food yeah. I was eating in a day was crazy. No wonder you can poo. <laughs> that's never, that's always been regular. Um, regular. I, f- I feel a lot freer, Mate, about, freer of bowel now, freer of bowel. Yeah. Um, but um, I tell you, the other thing yeah. is though, we're still on it, Shanks. Okay. I, I've gone. We got this little. Um, place down in Devon right go to in the oh, summer yeah. and yeah. it's really convenient just leave all your shorts and t-shirts and that there and don't have to take anything down right I went down this summer <clears throat> and I put a pair of shorts on to go to the beach and even with the laces fully pulled they wouldn't stay up so I've actually gone from a four- <laughs> I've gone from a 44 waist to a 38 so I can literally walk into shops I still have problems with legs yeah, and stuff but I yeah. walk into shops and buy trousers it hasn't happened for 38 years. waist 24 leg yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey we did one right we did one where uh, I remember we are doing getting fitted up for suits uh, with England obviously I didn't get picked so I never needed my suit but um, Darren Garforth the Tigers prop and there wasn't an ounce on in mind he was like die. I mean not as big yeah. as die, but he was a big unit like yeah. hard solid unit and I remember his trousers were 44 29 I mean that is some wow. shape, isn't it? Yeah, it wasn't fat though. Like it's, a house um, brick, man. Like mate, a house brick. Uh, funny story with the Ian Evans. Like I know you had him on the show, didn't you? Before. Yeah. Like he always struggled with. Cl- he's like six foot eight. Right? Yeah, he's huge. And he, I would always like say, if ever I was like with a missus to go for a coffee in Cardiff or something, I'd see him coming out of high and mighty. <laughs> <laughs> and he he was really sheepish about it. He'd like, I was wanted like, to be cool. Just embrace that you're tall and you've got to go to high and mighty. Yeah. And he'd be like. Oh no no I wasn't in it but I went no there was somebody else it wasn't me. <laughs> but and he's got t-shirts mate, like old I, guys rule. Well, it takes my, my, my dad. I always remember we played uh, back my in mom. the day we played Leinster and um that was back in the day where you'd have like a few beers after the game. Yeah. And we went out to this sort of nightclub in in Dublin and uh, it was just after Devon Devon Tona just come on the scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we were in this club and obviously a few of the Leinster boys come in and um, I'm with Ian at the bar right and we're sort of leaning against the bar and, he, and he's just like he's staring through me right <laughs> and then after a while I was like I was like Yaza what, what's going on and he's going look at him but look at him and Devon Tone is obviously taller than the Anto. Yeah. So he, next thing, he walks over to Devon Tone. He goes, "Excuse me, but um, where, do, where do you buy your jeans?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was genuine as well. I was like, "I can't believe you just asked Devon Tone where he buys his jeans." Yeah. I'll tell you what. I was in a, I was in a shop. I won't say the brand, but I was in a Levi's shop in London about a year ago, and uh, I was trying to get some jeans, obviously. And um, this bloke walks in, and he was like to say he was big. I've not seen many people like it. He was probably only six, 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 seven, which is we've all got we've all got mates that are that tall or taller. Yeah. He was huge and he was like big sort of bodybuilder type bloke and he's buying a pair of jeans. And I said, mate, where do you get your trousers from? He goes, I have to get them all made. He said, even my jeans get made. And he was coming in and picking up he picked up two pairs of Levi's jeans. Yeah. And it's a thousand quid. Wow. Two pairs of Levi's jeans. They pay, paid five hundred quid a pair for two pairs. You sure they're not five oh one? You mother! Ooh. Sort of like a, a bugbear of mine, right? Like I'm not massive. Like I've only got size. 12. Yeah, but compared to normal people, you yeah, are. Yeah, but but like feet feet wise, I'm size twelve, right? Which I don't think is particularly huge not these days. You'd always wear and black still... Mizuno boots, but put white laces in them. <laughs> oh no, that guy! Always <laughs> him and Alan Jones. <laughs> he, he, I did it first. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe you can't buy size twelve shoes in off the off the shelf. These can't days. you? Like you still struggle in like you, in some shops you can, but it still it goes like seven to eleven for adults. I'm like it's yeah. crazy. Why yeah. size twelve is not massive? No, like fourteen or sixteen is yeah. massive. But I'm I'm yeah. eleven. I think that's the perfect size. Well, you you'll be all right then. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'm absolutely fine. What are you, Shanks? Uh, eleven as well. Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you just been under six foot with a size eleven feet. I'm just over six foot. Abnormal. Should have been a swimmer. I'm just over six foot. Feet like that. I, um, get, I get told a lot I've got really small feet. Everyone's like, oh, look at your little feet. And they look really little, don't they? They're really Cause wide. It's because I've got these calves on top of Big them. They're size 11. Oh, mate, Johnny Afoa has got massive calves. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Ridiculous. Really? Yeah. He's, he's, a, good, he's a good man, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's very good. Would guy. you rather have big calves man. or big arms? Um, I'm all right, I've got both. <laughs> all right. Muscular, all right. muscular calves or muscular arms? All right, arms. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. Mm. Um... Right, some other results. Do you want to quickly brief? If you perhaps? want, I mean, if you want, we Quinn's don't have to because everyone already knows Gloucester. the results. <laughs> Did you watch that game? Yeah, watch them all, but funny game that intercept for Nathan Earl. He looked had a fast, big didn't he? On the game, well, he's very fast. It's just it's unless Harlequins haven't shown much brilliant form since round one against Sales. It's a big win though to go up to Gloucester. That's and a Gloucester big doing win. Well. Gloucester that lost two on the bounce now. Lost punchy, to Saris last yeah. week. Punchy for Gloucester, that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anything we surprised by that? Like, you are surprised by it, but then again, it just goes back to the league, isn't it? It's like Mm. Saris and Exeter are out there at the top at the moment, but then below that, everyone can beat anyone on their day. Wish to go and win at Welford Road, exactly. Yeah, and I think I think if you're five percent off it emotionally or physically, um, doesn't matter who you are, you you can get beat, can't you? Yeah, Munster absolutely destroyed Ulster um, at the weekend, sixty-four-seven. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but here's a question for you now: if did Ulster have anyone playing? Did they have their first team playing or yeah. the rest of the other guys? Oh, right. so it's one of those, you know. Uh, well, not really. I mean, Cooney played, Burns played, Darren and Cave, Gilroy. Played, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty, it was a fairly strong team. Um, but Scarlet's hammered Southern Kings. John Davis is back. 
with a bang. Yeah. It said in the paper. Oh, he looked good. He looked really good. He's the man, isn't he? Yeah, he set up a couple of tries, scored two. Um, Good looking bloke, just. Quadzilla. Got it all. Just don't wear a head guard. Yeah. So people see you, so you Mm. can, you know. So you work the brand a bit. That's probably why you didn't make it in the media, John, (laughs) because always had a head guard on, like Michael Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the only reason Michael Owen didn't make it in the media? Did he not want to make it in the media? He he loved wearing a headguard, didn't he? Even after the matches, to have it on for interviews. Yeah, it's, a lot. That, it's, it's that 2005 Grand Slam photo where all the after-match photos, like the team thing and all, he still got it on for like an hour after the game, <laughs> and he he, he, just he just forgot to take it off just in case. Um, yeah, I like that. I think that's probably I, we probably won't have jokes this week because it's been a long pod. We get yeah, we get listeners to um, voice WhatsApp jokes to us oh, or yeah, stories. Yeah. Been a couple of good ones actually, and a couple of terror ones. Yeah, I mean, we'll uh, keep sending them in. We'll do them next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll do them all next week. Yeah, and um, we've only got a three-hour limit here in the car park. Otherwise, I get. Have you got? Here. Have you got a joke, Shanks? You've, whenever I phone, I, how long, how often would I speak to you, Shanks? Like once every couple of months. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he answers the phone with a joke. He doesn't like, oh hi, how's it going? <laughs> how's the family and all this? He's like, t- tells me his latest. Earlier on, when I'm on the way up here, he called me in my car. And I was like, how are you doing? He's like, hanging out last night. Oh, hanging. Yeah. And I was thinking, he's lying. He's building up to a story about going out last night. It's going to lie and end up being a joke. But he actually went out. It was yeah. an anti-climax. It was Ryder Cup, wasn't it? Do you watch Ryder Cup? Oh, no, I loved I it. No, I had a Ryder Cup afternoon and a place called Home House in Panath. They had a roast dinner, a lot. Just the mm. lads, 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 oh, lads. All the lads. With a capital lad. Yeah. Um, and Probably had got, some pints, didn't you? Yeah. Four stare pints. at some girls. Just stare Rio- at some girls. Got the Rioja. No, no girls, mate. And the Rioja. Lads. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm a little bit jaded today. Um, yeah, but that's you know that's, that's part of my life. Yeah, isn't it? That's who you are, and it's the lifestyle. Work hard, you play hard. Mm. Work too bloody hard sometimes. <laughs> you usually put a bit of tan on, don't you, when you're feeling a bit peaky. Peaky, yeah. Yeah, no, I was on um, I was on TV on Friday, so I had a bit of tan on there, oh, yeah. and I was with Nugget as well, so I had to make sure I looked browner than him. <laughs> but he's got a red face now because he drinks a lot of wine. Oh really? Is yeah. he? Oh, that's good. good news for you though. Standing yeah, next to him, exactly. Normally you stand next to Alfie, <laughs> and he looks better. Stand next to Nug. <laughs> Got better teeth. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, JT, John, John Thomas. Um, yeah, it's, it's Jonathan. It is Jonathan. Jonathan um, Thomas. Yeah. Mm. Really appreciate you coming down here and being on the podcast. Uh, we hope you, the listener, have enjoyed it in your car at home on the toilet wherever you listen to it. Um, please subscribe to Flats and Shanks. We've not said that for a while, have we? We haven't said it all season. Leave some feedback. We're the least commercial podcast owners in the world. We don't actually quite know how to no. do that bit. But but do it. Tell mm. your friends about it. Leave some five star reviews and get your get your mum to leave one and we'll send her two hundred pounds. Is that what you do? Exactly. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> fine. Good luck everyone. Cheers, JT. Thanks, guys. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.